Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today we will be going into the Salt and Light archives and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from the time of COVID-19 in March 2020. We begin by speaking with Father Jim Phelan, who tells us about the new Museum of Family Prayer, and then we reconnect with singer-songwriter Lee Ressler. In our second half hour, we travel to Latvia, where Father Peter Skudra gives us a COVID-19 update from his country. And at the end of the program, we reconnect with Tori Harris, who has a new album, Speak. Remember to visit saltandlighttv.org and to comment on what you hear or to ask any questions, just look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We begin now with the Museum of Family Prayer. Imagine a museum that aims to help inspire you and help you explore and also to help you make connections. Well, that sounds just like any other museum. But what if I told you that the goals were to inspire you to pray, to explore and learn more about prayer, and to help you connect and reconnect with your family, your faith, and your prayer life? That's the new Museum of Family Prayer just outside Boston, Massachusetts. It's run by Holy Cross Family Ministries, an organization that is dedicated to, guess what, to promote family prayer and helping families to pray. And the museum's director is Father Jim Phelan, um, and he joins us now on the phone from Northeastern Massachusetts. Uh, Father Jim, so good to have you on the program. Deacon Pedro, great to talk and great to be in communication with all your listeners. Thank you. Um, you're not a stranger to, to our programming here at Salt and Light Media. You've done a few uh, shows with us before when, yeah, you were, yeah. when you were the Rosary Guy, the Family Rosary International. Um, well, but you've started this yeah, new... Yeah, I've been working in this ministry for, uh, for a good long while. Yeah. First, uh, you and I first started working together for uh, a long, uh, yeah. projects between Family Rosary and Salt and Light uh, for World Youth Day in 2011. A long time ago, I know. And so yeah. you, you've been around for a long time, but this is a new role for you. How did you... Um, yes, now I'm, the, now I'm the director of Family Rosary for the USA, National Director of Family Rosary for the USA. Okay, and, and so uh, do you, can you tell us a little bit about how the idea... For for this museum came about? Well, uh, we, uh, we help families pray. We want to really find out how to help families pray, particularly following in the footsteps of our founder, Venerable Father Patrick Payton. His mission, his whole life was this deep, deep uh, uh, commitment to what Our Lady asked him to do. He really knew that Our Lady was asking him to, to help to families to pray and to pray the rosary. Right. He was so convinced, as we should be now even more so, convinced of the importance of prayer, of family prayer. And the rosary is, uh, there's nothing better than the rosary, in particular the rosary as a school of prayer, Mary's school of prayer to help families to pray. Right. So that's our mission. Right. I and was... as we thinking about how to do that, here at our, uh, our, our headquarters mm-hmm. in uh, just south of Boston, uh, yep. we had a space that uh, was being used, but it wasn't being time to rethink of how to use it. And we, we, we had this wonderful idea to create a space that we call the Museum of Family Prayer. It's actually a long evolution. Uh, it's actually an evolution of ideas that uh, you'll remember, Deacon Pedro, that we we started working together in World World Youth Day. We mm-hmm. had a rosary a rosary center that we were working on together there oh, in, in, right. in 2011. This is all an evolution to find uh, 
uh, a, a really creative in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope that uh, once the COVID virus restrictions are lifted, then some of people could even come from Toronto to come to yeah, visit. for sure, come to visit us. Um, you mentioned Father Patrick Payton, and and maybe some of our listeners uh, are not familiar who he is, but I'm sure that as soon as we tell them that you know they might be familiar with the phrase, "The family that prays together stays together." I think that that's a phrase that everybody recognizes. Yeah. So that would have been, and and Father Patrick Payton would also be known. I think was it is it true that they call him the Rosary Priest, but they also call him the Hollywood Priest, the correct? Rosary Priest, and and also yeah. the connection uh, with Hollywood. Particularly the Rosary Priest. Yeah. I think he'd be much more interested in being calling the Rosary Priest. <laughs> uh, he dedicated his entire life of, uh, as a priest, uh, based on a pers- personal experience himself of being healed by healed. Right through the, the, the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. He consecrated his entire life to this message that he thought he knew that was being uh, given by the Lord to, uh, to preach to the world. Mm-hmm. Very, very effective. Traveled the entire world. Uh, and as I travel around the world, too, maybe people don't remember him specifically, but even places that he didn't reach, I say, you know what his message is. And they look at and like, what? I mean, always, yes. And I say, the family that prays together stays together. Okay, and they know it, yeah. Understand. They do, and they do. They know it, and it doesn't matter what language they know it. Um, so, so, so I get, I get how the organization, the aim is to help families pray, to promote family prayer, in particular the Rosary. But how does a museum work? Is it about the life of Patrick Payton? What displays? Like, what, what can people expect when they go to the museum? An experience of family prayer. That's really what we're hoping for. We're hoping to. Uh, we, we created a space to welcome families especially. Anyone can come, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we'll, we take school groups, we take other uh, different kinds of meetings and so forth, but our real hope is, is, uh, is that families will come to experience our museum. Mm-hmm. It's really unique, and it's a unique museum. I yeah. Who's ever heard of a Museum of Family Prayer? No. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, but it is... It's particularly unique. Well, many uh, museums would have a, a kind of an experiential component to it, experiential learning. Right. So that's a, that's the sense in which we give it a, a, a call it a museum. But it's a, really we want to have people come and through an experience of art and beauty, activities for children, mm-hmm. all of it well integrated here on the uh, 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 on where, where we're located is on the campus of a. Uh, a small university of our congregation of Holy Cross in the south, south of Boston, mm-hmm. a beautiful campus where people can go out and walk and take little uh, 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 visits to a number of different statues of the Blessed Virgin Mary that are, are around the property. Right. With this, an experience, the center of the experience. First, people when, when people come, we invite them into our chapel, mm-hmm. and uh, they pray a beautiful prayer for families into the Holy Family that Pope Francis, Pope Francis wrote. Right. And then, then they're, they're, they're led through the museum, which is a beautiful space, beautiful, peaceful space. Uh, after, the chap, after the chapel, they come out, and they're uh, in the foyer of the space that has this beautiful, very touching collage of prayer all around the world. Mm-hmm. People praying to the divine all around the world. Different faiths, and yeah. Mm-hmm. It, different faiths, realizing that, you know, it's along with the, uh, within the tradition of the Catholic Church, as taught in the Second Vatican Council, we 
uh, how the Holy Spirit blows where He wills and where He, where the truth of the Holy Spirit appears, we 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 reverence that. Right. So that in that sense, we can see how we have a high respect for the the, the prayer of of all the world's religions. Mm-hmm. But of course, and we then will from there then we'll move to a a, a bit of an introduction to prayer uh, among the Jewish people in the Old mm-hmm. Testament. Wonderful. And how those are antecedents for then Christian prayer, and getting a sense of context of of what prayer is, Christian prayer, praying the Psalms, listening to uh, uh, filled with multimedia uh, experiences mm-hmm. people walk through, mm-hmm. um, to then prayerfully reflect on what prayer is. Also, then in the context, immersing people in the in the life in the context of Father Peyton, mm-hmm. the work he did, his message, his mission, the importance of his message now more than ever now in this time of uh, the, the the covid crisis mm-hmm. uh, many people are, re- are waking up and realizing once again well you know we really need to turn to god right but many people don't necessarily they're kind of it's almost they they it, they, they need help they need mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. maybe they haven't been praying so much yeah well now they want to we want to help them to to come to to simply come to the Lord with an open heart, because He's waiting, certainly with His His sacred heart and His huge arms, uh, waiting to embrace us. And there, our Mother Mary Lee taking us by the hand. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's sorry to interrupt. It's true what you're saying, and and I have been to the museum. I'm going to post some photos on our website so people can see a little bit, and of course, I'm going to direct people to your website so they can see it as well. Um, it, it's an it's an experience where people can learn a little bit about prayer. A lot of people don't know how to pray, or they feel they don't know how to pray, but it's also to encourage them to pray, and I and I think that once people go and they go through it, they'll they'll understand a little better. Um, I, I I you mentioned that the museum is closed right now, obviously because of the the crisis situation that we all find ourselves. But uh, we keep saying that it's south of Boston, so it's it's in in northeastern on the campus of Stonehill College, right, northeastern Massachusetts. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So if anybody's ever... And if that's, people do a search on Google, I think they'll come up with it pretty quickly because there aren't too many museums of family prayer. No, there aren't. So okay. if anybody's in that area or traveling in the East Coast or yeah. um, and they wanted to, to make a little stop, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, as you say. Um, Father Jim, we're, we're going to leave it there. But, we haven't uh, been idle now either. Y- y- yes, I know, I know. We haven't been idle now uh, uh, because, uh, as, I, as we were saying, you know, if... People can't come to the museum. The museum's going to them. Absolutely. So uh, our website uh, again. Look for the search for the Museum of Family Prayer. If yep. you go to Facebook, you'll look for the Museum of Family Prayer. Uh, we're trying to reach out through those through those sites and also through our Family Rosary site. Yes. And another another organization is just part of our Family Catholic Mom. Right. Reaching out to offer lots of resources to people. Yeah. But particularly the Museum of Family Prayer, people can go and, and get a sense of what it's like and um, uh, uh, and pray with us. Every day we're praying the rosary and celebrating Mass from our chapel, uh, knowing that people can't go to Mass. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating Mass, and, and, and people can join us and pray with us live every day at, at 1130 Eastern Time. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, or, or then go back and uh, on Facebook Live and yeah. say again what this felt today. So, also, so there's lots going on. Wonderful ways that we're reaching out. I know that's great. That's a good way to put it. People can't go there, and and maybe some people never will be able to go because they live across the country. But they they can still experience right. uh, what the op- museum and the whole, as you said, the whole organization, uh, Holy Cross Family Ministries offers. Father Jim, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us a little bit about this uh, new you, experience. Pedro. Goodbye and God bless all your people, and we're all united in prayer at this this time that is it's so difficult for so many people but united we're strong in jesus amen thank you for that thank you uh stay uh, stay stay safe and take care and god bless and we'll see you soon god bless you father jim phelan is the director of the new museum of family prayer located about an hour out of boston in northeastern massachusetts you can learn more at museumoffamilyprayer.org and during this time of self-isolation you can find tons of prayer resources also at familyrosary.org to listen to this interview again or for the rest of the program go to our, our website saltandlighttv.org or look for the Salt and Light Hour, wherever you get your podcasts. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Lee Ressler, with the title track of his new album, Write My Story. Jesus, write my story. A tale of love that gives you glory. A flood of hope, a journey to your joy. I'm called to courage because I hear You call my name and there's no more fear You're living proof that love is conquering And you gave it all for free I will follow where you lead Because I'm called to love like you love wrestler with Write My Story from his new album of the same name. Now, we first met Lee Wrestler in June 2019, um, but he has been in ministry for some 25 years, leading worship, playing concerts, recording music, and running retreats. He has just released his third album, Write My Story, and to tell us all about it, I am joined now by Lee Wrestler. Lee, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Welcome back, I should say. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Um, and, uh, I mean, the whole show we've been talking about, uh, 
the state of the world and and social isolation. So I guess you're you have have you been declared a non-essential service? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but but uh, in Jesus' eyes, we're essential. So um, we're just going to continue to to pray and and try to. Amen. Lead worship online. And Amen. Yeah, that has been super inspiring. A lot of people are doing that every every seems like every other night. There's someone doing some some live concert on Instagram or Facebook. So that's that's pretty right. cool. Um, so this is th- correct. This is your third album, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Third full length. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I'm sort of trying to keep track of when the last one was because it was it wasn't last year. It was a couple years ago. Um, yeah, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, right, exactly. So it it took you a while to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you. I know you're busy doing other things, but were you thinking, I'm gonna do a new album eventually, or or was it like this is you know sometimes it's like a burning. You got all these songs that you know are meant to be in an album. How did how did that process uh, go for you that ended up in a, in this new album, as a new album? Well, I mean, it. We've always. You know, we're always um, trying to move forward in our ministry and move forward with um, with what God is calling us to do. Mm-hmm. And we so we always knew that there'd be there'd be more albums. Um, we just didn't know when, you know, with the timing that God had in store. Right. Um, so throughout that that throughout those years, um, you know, we had constantly been leading worship, uh, playing masses, um, leading retreats. Mm-hmm. And continuing this ministry, and then um, just recently, uh, my wife and I moved to Michigan from Kentucky, okay. and you did the seventy-five north or seventy-five um, north and south. Yeah, but that that highway, uh, I, I would have to drive it quite often because we would play in different places in Kentucky. Okay, and on that drive, um, I would ask the Lord, you know, what do you what do you want from me? Like, what do you want of me? I said, what's the best way to utilize this four-and-a-half-hour drive? So I called upon the Holy Spirit, and I said, you know, if you want this uh, this album written, you're going to have to give me the words. So sure enough, every time I would drive back and forth, these words would just come flooding in, and, and a melody wow. would just become flooding in, and, wow. and I'd have to use my um, my speak-to-text. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Which, which never gets anything correct, but... <laughs> I did it as best as I could. Oh, that's and while you're driving. That's great. <laughs> well, well, see, because I couldn't, I couldn't look down on my phone. Yeah, of right? course, of course. Yeah, stay safe. So I had yeah, to, yeah, I had yeah. to speak it into my phone. Oh, that's great. But I would get to Kentucky, where I'd get back here, and I look down at my phone, and and the whole song was written. So it's it's really we can't take credit for this album. It was the oh whole my experience. gosh, that's wonderful. So so uh, I think that's fairly unusual that you kind of sit down and and a whole album pours into you um, as opposed to uh, songs that you'd been written? Because I don't know, are you the kind of uh, songwriter that is constantly writing or do you go through phases where you're kind of outputting and then performing? Like, how? Do, what is that like for you? Well, it's I'm, I'm constantly adding uh, voice memos into my phone. <laughs> uh, when, you know, whenever... Um, Whenever I feel inspired, whenever the Lord inspires me or the Holy Spirit inspires me, um, it'll be. It, it can be any time. In the middle of the night, I'll, I'll wake up and and sing a melody into my phone mm-hmm. and think, "Oh man, this is this is awesome. This song is going to be so great." And then I listen to it the next morning, and it's just the worst sounding thing you've ever heard. <laughs> 
always sounds everything always sounds better at three in the morning. That's right. Um, so so through through all of that, I mean, we're constantly I'm constantly um, jotting things down in, in yeah. my phone and and hoping the Lord will make sense of all of it. Yeah, for sure. Now we just heard just before you came on, we were listening to the title track, "Write My Story," which I think I mean it's such a beautiful song, and I think is pretty clear. Um, but why does that song earn the title of the album or the well, other way around, um, I guess? Why did the album earn the title of that song? Well, so <clears throat> this is, uh, I'm going to go kind of off on a little, little, uh, tangent here, a little explanation, but yeah. yeah, that song came out of a place of fear. Really? You know, I, I didn't know what, uh, God wanted of me, you know, and just like, I'm sure just like a lot of us. You know, we're scared to death of, of thinking, you know, God, what do you want me to do? What's your will for me? Um, and so it came out of a place of fear. But if you, in the in the readings are perfect. Today is perfect. The solemnity of, solemnity of the Annunciation of the, annunciation. Of the Lord. Yes. And it's, it's perfect because um, through that, and I don't know if, if you listen to um, Bishop Barron. Yes. But, uh, but I, I watched uh, his Mass today, and in his homily, he summed it up pretty perfectly. He said, you know, the Lord was speaking to Ahaz, and Ahaz mm. was worried, mm-hmm. scared to death. He's a he's young king. He didn't know what to do because, these, you know, he was being besieged by these foreign forces. So Isaiah, Prophet Isaiah, said to him, hey, ask the Lord. Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord of something big. I mean, don't be afraid to ask him. And, and Ahaz was like, whoa. You know, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be a burden. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, but then uh, Bishop Barron flipped over to uh, the angel Gabriel because um, he, he said Ahaz was was living in a place of, of fear. You know, of not mm-hmm. knowing which way to go, not knowing what decisions to make, and the fear was kind of overcoming him. And then uh, you transition over to the angel coming to Mary. Mm-hmm. And said, "Hey, this is what's going to happen. You're going to conceive and become the mother of Jesus." And you know, uh, Mary's virtue was that she had this openness. Yeah. She wasn't afraid to to dream big. She wasn't afraid to um, to be open to the Lord in the, the most incredible, most amazing way. Mm-hmm. Um, she had no fear. Be open. So. Right. Um, and that's what we're called to do, especially in today's climate of the world. You know, today's I know. Uh, yeah, we're we're called to to not have fear because because the Lord will overcome. The Lord mm-hmm. will overcome, Amen. and that's that's something that we need to take to heart. So, write my story. Um, was written out of a place of fear. I didn't know what God was calling me to do, and I was kind of like Ahaz, right? I was afraid to ask him. Um, what he wanted or ask him for, for all these, these big things. And I realized that I need to surrender. I needed to say, Lord, you know what? I'm done with worrying. I'm done with this fear. It's your turn. I, you need to take the pen. You become the author of my life and you write my story. Hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's where that song uh, came out of in that place of fear. What a great uh, message right there especially as you said in these times the people are so afraid and I don't know I mean it's hard enough to go through it believing in God right. I can't imagine what it's like to go through it for people who have no no faith no hope 
um, nothing to hang on to, no no promise of of heaven, not not even heaven over in somewhere else. You know, like right here, like you said, Christ. Not that he will overcome; he has overcome. It's it's right. already happened, right? Um, so yeah. it, it's great. In fact, uh, you have a, another song which we're going to end the show with. Change is coming, and I love that also because that's what we're all praying for. Um, so you're always writing. You've just moved to Michigan. You're still doing concerts and, and retreats and, and, and leading worship. Um, are you writing more music? Is there another album coming down the pipes, or do you think it's going to be another another season yet to we're come? Gonna, we're just going to trust whatever the Holy Spirit wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. So it worked It worked for you once uh, That's right. or before. And hey, it's it, it worked for me since, yeah. from the beginning. That's great. So has it been easy for you? I mean, I can see in, in one sense, easy to surrender an album and say, hey, you know, this is it's nothing to me if we have an album or we don't have an album. But have you been a- able to surrender everything else? Because it's, it's harder to say, I don't care if I have a job. <laughs> you know, it's the St. Paul, whether right. I'm rich or poor. Um, it, that's a little harder to do, isn't it? It is. It's It's very hard to do. And I mean, um, you know, it's not just our ministry, it's, you know, a bunch of other other people's ministries, um, you know, these other musicians that I know that, you know, have all these these events and these, these worship yeah, nights, being canceled. everything canceled. And, I know. And, you know, we're, we're no different. Um, yeah. And so if that means that, you know, I find another job in the meantime, and mm-hmm. so be it, because um, I mean, clearly the readings today showed me not to have fear and don't be afraid to to dream big, to ask the Lord for big things. So that's what we're going to continue to do. And it's it's not it's not like it's easy, right? Um, but it's it's doable because through Christ, all things are, are made possible. Amen. Amen. That's a good. Uh... Good word to end on. Good message of hope. That's what people need. So hopefully, uh, um, you know what? And the music too. I think that it's like this is the best time. I hope people are just sitting back and listening to a lot of music. And uh, that's right. And and as as you heard Lee say, people, concerts are being canceled. Events are being canceled. So go to people's you know artists' websites. Go to Lee's website and buy his music because then you're supporting his ministry. Um, and I say that, of course, about Lee Wrestler because we're talking to you, Lee. But uh, but all your our Catholic artists that uh, we are, you know, we need to support them. Um, Lee, so good to talk to you. Um, thank you for what you're doing. Love the new album and uh, and stay in touch so we can get you back on the all show right, soon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. You can learn all about Lee Wrestler and his music and purchase his new album, Write My Story, at LeeWrestlerMusic.com. That's Wrestler, R-O-E-S-S-L-E-R. I know it's hard to spell, so I'm going to put that link on our website, saltandlighttv.org, so you can find it easily. Um, we spoke to Lee Wrestler earlier this week on, as he said, on the Feast of the Assumption on uh, Wednesday, March 25th. Here now is Lee Wrestler with Change is Coming from his new album, Write My Story.
record on repeat. We've fallen back into the same routine, overplayed and stuck. Until there's nothing left to do but to walk on through the haze. But something is approaching, it's moving like a tide. Change is coming Like a river running The change is sudden It's rushing listening to Lee Ressler with Change is Coming from his album Write My Story. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can check out our website at saltandlighttv.org. Coming up, a COVID-19 update from Latvia and music by Tori Harris. So stay tuned. Of grace sweeping you away. A change is coming. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. One thing that is for sure is that this little virus is making us realize how connected we are. Whoever heard of Wuhan before a few months ago? And maybe you're not getting news from many places around the world, but we know that everyone everywhere is going through the same crisis. With that in mind, I would like to begin some from around the world updates. Last week, I spoke with Father Peter Skudra of Radio Maria in Latvia, who told us how they are doing in the midst of this crisis. Here is part of that conversation. Father Peter Skudra, director of Radio Maria Latvia, thank you for joining us right now from your home in Riga, Latvia. How are things in your country? Yeah, well, it's uh, today it's quite windy and cold, but if you have COVID, then uh, we are quite locked in our rooms. Uh, but it's not like we cannot leave our uh, homes so we can go out to walk, uh, do some exercises or jog, but we cannot um, meet more than one person. So we can be in either on pairs with friends or in just family members together. So we have to distance, have distance with other people. Right. So it sounds very similar to here. Are, are there businesses that are completely shut down as well? Yeah, of course, uh, sports, uh, culture, it's all down. So there are many offices still working, of course. Uh, shops are still open, uh, grocery stores, but yeah, many people have lost their jobs already, like tourism. Uh, right. Yeah, I expected to travels, all this, it's, it's locked down. So since our borders also are locked, so yeah, there are many people without job right now. Okay, so you've closed down the borders. Um, are there a lot of cases in Latvia? Uh, well, 
Today, I think we crossed 400 or yesterday. So we have more than 400 people ill. Only, I guess, three or four of them are like very dangerous state. Okay. But, uh, yeah, well, we, we had quite, quite quick response from government. So they shut down country like on 14th of March. So it's more than two weeks already. Okay. Uh, yeah, but we still see this this number going up because most uh, weeks people from abroad were using um, last opportunity to come back home, and they are the big big risk group. Right. Um, one of the things that they did here is that they closed the churches, and so there are no masses. Is that something that has happened there as well with the church? So we are not allowed to organize public services. Uh, churches are still open, so you can come in like in a shop. You can go pray okay. or two meters away from other person and then go uh, on your way back home or wherever you go. So priests are still saying mass. Uh, most of the parishes are transmitting mass. So in one week, it's, it's so interesting. That in one week, so many churches started to live stream. <laughs> it's like, you know, mushroom yeah. rain. And... Um, yeah, but, but we cannot organize uh, like public services. So it's priests, few altar servers or or choir or whatever needed for recording and that's it. The same thing has been happening here with a lot of uh, parishes that are streaming. Now you are the director of a Catholic radio station, Radio Maria in, in Latvia. How has the crisis affected you in your work? Well, first week was really tough because, so it was set today evening i think like 6 7 pm and government decided okay let's shut down country um no meetings more than 50 people in the same place so it affected in the very next day people were like okay we are not supposed to go to church today so we saw that we had like four times more listeners on internet connecting to internet to our broadcasted masses we immediately we uh, put more uh, broadcasts of mass on, on, on Sunday. Usually we had two, now we have three. And we also broadcast Lutheran and Baptist services in order to help those people to participate in their uh, okay. their service. Okay. Are you finding that you have to add other types of content, not just liturgies, of course, you're not just airing the mass, but uh, to, to help people, uh, I guess, go, weather the storm, if I can say it that way? Yeah, well, uh, so we still see that the most important thing people are looking for is mass. So they, we see how rapidly it goes up and down just right before or after the mass, uh, those people who connect. Of course, during the day, we, we, we ensure that there is one person on air uh, doing either live programs or mm -hmm. announcing some pre-recorded programs. but. Yeah, it's important for people to have this live connection. I'm also doing every working day uh, morning catechesis. And yeah, people call in, they write their messages and they ask questions. And of course, when the Pope came in the Friday service, it was like, I don't know, seven times more listeners. Our, our yes. internet broke down. And yes, so did ours. <laughs> so, but it was amazing. So still people seek for the prayer. They seek for the opportunity to 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 just to talk or to be listened or, or just to listen to someone telling that you know okay, so, right 
Is your is your church leadership like the bishops? Are they taking advantage of the the the, the media also to to speak to the people or to reach out to people through your station or through other means? Yeah, well, as I said, uh, many many uh, uh, churches started live streams. So also cathedrals started. Mm -hmm. Our bishop is doing, I think, every Sunday 8 a.m. mass on air live. And of course, uh, for example, when there was a Pope's uh, prayer on Friday night, Archbishop himself came to help us uh, to, to translate the speech and to talk to listeners and to tell what's going on. And he was sharing his experience when he was studying in Rome. Yeah, so they also, when there is any, uh, um, when there is any uh, new statement from government, Bishops always react to it and they say, okay, since this situation is in country, we as a believers do this or we observe this or as I think they are, they are doing well. Um, I, I know that as director of a of Catholic radio station, you probably also are, are the voice of the church right now. We're in Holy Week, going into Holy Week. A lot of people maybe will not be able to participate in these public masses, no palms, no washing of the feet, uh, maybe no stations of the cross. What kind of message would you as a priest, as a director of Radio Maria, would want to offer our viewers and, and anyone around the world about how to make this Holy Week a special Holy Week or a, yeah, special? You know, recently I saw this meme that this is the Lent I was not preparing for. This <laughs> Lent I've ever had in my life. And uh, I think we can use this time, uh, this crisis as opportunity to really be in a Lent. Because Lent is when we, you know, sacrifice something. So we, today we can sacrifice so many things and we can do it with the joy. Because we, you know, we, we have no other option. So either we accept it or we go on with it and we use whatever it can give us. And it can give us more time with the Lord to sit at home, to pray, to read the Bible, to read catechism, uh, to meet our family, to call our friends and to offer, yeah, maybe it sounds, you know, stupid, but offer it up. Yeah. Like, it's what people say, but it's really, it's, 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 it's meaningful, actually. Offer it up. So what's your prayer? What would you pray to God? What would you ask to God? Or what would you be thankful to God? So offer it as a thanksgiving sacrifice. Or if offer it, it as, a, as a sacrifice asking from God something. And um, use it, see it as an opportunity. It's not a punishment from God. It's not, uh, I don't know, you know, a, last days of our you know times or whatever it's your opportunity to fix your relationship with god and to grow in your spiritual life yeah so also those who those who suffer that they cannot receive sacraments like like uh, like confession or or eucharist i i recently read an article which uh, was quoting um Pope benedict the 16 when he was a cardinal he wrote about this um abstinence of uh, from Eucharist time to time he says that it was okay because it's kind of a way to to open in ourselves this this longing for Jesus in the Eucharist mm. that it's not a cookie we receive you know every month but it's really something meaningful to us 
and they also can um, somehow identify with those people who cannot receive sacraments, like divorced people or, I don't know, female yeah. Yeah. People in other places, like in the Amazon or in some places where there are no priests, yeah. they just yeah. can't receive. It's yeah. not, yeah, yeah. That's really good advice. I and I know a lot of people struggle with with that concept of you know uh, uh, not receiving the Eucharist, but I, I think it's very meaningful. Thank you. In a way, speaking to you makes me feel that this crisis is also reminding us how small the world is, because oh, yeah, the, so you're so connected. far away, and we're also connected, but we're also all going through the same thing. Um, and, so, and I think this, this this virus shows how actually connected we are. Yeah. But like, oh, something happens in China. Who knows where China is? But it's actually so close. The world is so connected. And I think it's also about what we are invited to think about our choices. They yeah. actually they are not our own choices. Actually, they have affect on so many people. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Lots to think about there. Thank you, uh, Father Peter. It's been really good connecting with you. I know it's uh, late at night for you in, in Riga, but uh, thank you for the little update. And maybe uh, depending on how long this crisis lasts, maybe we can have you back on and you can give us more updates. Uh, Father thank Peter you. Skudra, Director of Radio uh, Maria in Latvia. Um, have a blessed Holy Week. Thank you. That was a conversation I had with Father Peter Skudra, Director of Radio Maria Latvia during Holy Week. This interview aired as part of our new Made at Home series, Hope from Home. To watch the show, go to saltandlighttv.org slash hopefromhome. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Tori Harris, with the title track of her new album, Speak. Speak, speak again And I will turn my ear and listen in the quiet I remember Your promises fulfilled So I will wait And I'll be still To you I come In you I rest Let the sound of heaven Echo through my wilderness To come again to the end of all I am Leaves a place for you to speak Word made flesh Word took on sin Word that made me whole Remind my heart Of when I first heard Love 
That was Tori Harris with Speak from her new album of the same name. We first met Tori Harris in 2014. She was 25 years old and was quickly becoming a voice in Catholic music. She returned the following year to the program when she released her popular single, Coming Home, inspired by the Year of Mercy. A lot of things have happened since. She's got married, she started a family, and now she has a new album, Speak. And to tell us more, I spoke with Tori Harris earlier this week. And just to let you know, we did connect with Tori over the internet, and it was not the best connection. But here is the conversation I had with Tori Harris from earlier this week. Tori Harris, it's so good to have you on the program with us today. Hey. Um, we we spoke, uh, I don't know, maybe f- four or five years ago last time, and a lot has happened since then. You're now married, you have a family, you have two young children. So I, I think I wanted to ask you a little bit about, about that, that's new in your life, marriage, family, but especially with what's happening in the world right now. Um, how are you guys uh, with your family coping with this, with your kids? Um, weirdly enough, it's actually been a bit of a, a blessing for our entire family. I, I think being at home with my kids has, and my husband, all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, it's really encouraged me in my vocation that this is what God has desired for me, that I made, I made the right choice in who I married, and that we've been blessed with the children that we have. And it's really helped, uh, you know, like trimming away, like all of the, the events, like, so, so all my events were canceled, all the retreats I was doing were canceled classes, right. you know, right. everything's done for, you know, at least the next three or four weeks and the past four. Uh, and when we trimmed away all of those things, it really helped my family focus on like what is most important. And, and it's our relationship with each other and our relationship with God, the father and our faith. And so, I think that with all of the terrible things that are happening in the world because of coronavirus, it's there's been a lot of peace and a lot of blessing in my own family in it. If I feel guilty about saying that. I feel like I'm not supposed to say that, but right. it's it's been right. kind of nice. No, but I think just, it's good. It, it, it's good. I mean, you're you're focusing on the thing that matters um, uh, with I mean, you have two young children anyway. It's probably good for you to be at home with them. And, and not touring how much touring you yes. were doing before. Um, well, and I've been, I've been to, uh, to let me be like a stay-at-home mom. Like it's been this thing I've been begging for since before we got married. And, and he's so sweet. He's like, no, Tori, like you love writing and teaching and music. Like you should really pursue those things. Um, but now I'm kind of getting to live a little bit of that stay-at-home mom dream. And it's awesome. Like I love being around my kids. They're cool. <laughs> They're so course, fun. Of course, of course. Um, now you're in Nashville, right? Or in in near I was, Nashville? I was. I'm in oh. Dallas, Texas now. Okay, so you're in Dallas right now. What what what's it like there now? You mentioned to me, to me earlier before we started recording that you had a chance to go to Home Depot. So I guess Home Depot is open. Yeah, Home Depot is two blocks from my house. Uh, it's amazing. They've got uh, a great. They've got a great staff there. They're following protocols. People feel really safe. Uh, but yeah, I work for a parish in Dallas, Texas called Mary Immaculate Church. Um, I lead worship there and I run our Arise Ministry program. So I teach a lot about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A lot of the traveling that I do now is, is related to that. Uh, but, you know, Dallas, in terms of the virus, uh, I think we're supposed to be the next hotspot. Yet really? it really cases. Yeah, but cases really haven't um, 
they haven't picked up in my location. So we're not, our, our nuclear community hasn't been super affected here locally by, by the virus yet. Right. Now you, you also told me that you started uh, a victory garden that is inspired by the virus. Tell us, people might not know what a victory garden is. So to tell us about that. Well, a victory garden comes from uh, during World War II in the United States, uh, food became scarce. And so the U.S. started issuing rations. So literally like uh, coupons that you could take to the supermarket to buy butter and tomatoes. And so what Americans did was to help their country. They started their own little backyard gardens for those who owned property or for those who lived in uh, apartment complexes. They would have uh, little community city gardens where they'd grown their own fruits and vegetables. And it was a show of support to the local communities because it allowed, you know, uh, it allowed those items in the supermarket to, to go to others who were more in need. And so when, when COVID came about and we knew we were on quarantine, I, I took that as my opportunity to go and carve a little three foot by six foot path in the, <laughs> in the backyard and lay down some topsoil and start planting uh, some fruits and vegetables, which I didn't think would actually be ready for harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time the quarantine didn't end it, originally we thought it would just be about two weeks, but now um, it's really nice. We actually have gone from planting our little mustard seeds and our little bean sprouts to by the time <laughs> quarantine ends, We'll actually have like a full vegetable harvest so it's really fun especially with my two-year-old to, to watch the plants grow and and see the yeah. fruit grow there you go that's a that's a good uh good suggestion for parents with young children i, I thought of that i thought of your your two-year-old would be yeah. loving especially when those i hope you planted cherry tomatoes because he's gonna love those <laughs> when i don't they, know what kind of tomatoes we plant <laughs> i know that he's really excited about the blueberries you know because he loves blueberries and they're about i mean they're already sprouting and they're not quite blue enough to eat but every day he's like i know but every day he just kind of looks at it, he's like can i eat it now can, can yeah. i eat it now and i'm like no you gotta wait <laughs> yeah. so, anyway i want to talk to you about your new album too because it's called uh speak um mm-hmm. tell us why you i know that the title track is is also speak but tell us why you chose uh that title thanks i uh, speak i i really chose the title for two parallel reasons the first one was it's been four or five years since we last talked. And it's because I, when I, I think in, in about 2015, I started doing this research project for the book, Holy Spirit 101, which I wrote and I came moved to Dallas and I really took a hiatus from music. And part of me naming it speak was this is my first time coming out from that, from that place and speaking again. Uh, and the second reason, a parallel reason, for, for naming it speak because in the last few years, I've really intensely studied the person of the Holy Spirit, specifically how we can listen to God in prayer, that soft, still voice in our hearts, discern uh, the difference between our conscious and like our own self, our natural self, and, and what is the voice of God in our life. And, uh, and, and, I, and I've been teaching that. So with Holy Spirit 101, I'm, I'm teaching people, okay, this is what the church teaches us about who the Holy Spirit is and how we cooperate and listening to his voice in prayer and respond to that as Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so speak is also uh, an invitation. It's like, it's, it's me speaking out, but it's also an invitation to, to be in that posture of, of listening to the Lord and prepared and expecting him to also be speaking into my life. Yeah, I, I like that. And I'm wondering if there's a connection there with what the whole world is living right now and, and how, 
you know, you said this is an opportunity for us to focus on on the important things, spend time with family, but maybe it's also an opportunity to let God speak into our lives. Do you see that? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, so many of the saints talk about how silence is necessary to hear the voice of God and distraction, I believe, is one of Satan's most powerful, compelling tools he's using in our generation to deprive people from from holiness. So with, with the virus right now, I mean, the virus is terrible. And I'm not going to say that it's good that people are sick. Or it's good that people are dying. No, that those are horrible things. But, yeah. but what the, the blessing yeah. within quarantine is that it's eliminating the distractions in our lives so that we actually have silence. Um, we live in such a busy world, but now the streets are quiet. The highways are quiet. Like silence is in our environment. And that, that presents the opportunity for, or more opportunity for people to start hearing from the Lord who's trying them, but was was unable to be heard because we weren't receptive because of all of the distractions around yeah. us. But now that those have been taken away, we can listen. Yeah, I know. Um, Tori, our, our internet connection is not great, so um, I think oh, this is no. no, but that's okay. I think it's a it's a good. Uh, it's a good place to end. So I wanted to thank you for, for joining us today and for sharing a little bit about your music and especially about the Victory Garden. Maybe that's a good uh, suggestion for people to, to do while they're at home. Um, a lot of people can't work and they need, need suggestions to do with their children. So thank you so much and stay, stay safe and stay blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was a conversation I had with Tori Harris earlier this week. You can learn all about Tori Harris and her music and purchase her new album, Speak, at her website, toriharris.com. Here now to take us out is Tori Harris with When I Found You from her new album, Speak. listening to Tori Harris with When I Found You from her album Speak. And that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Remember to visit our website, saltandlighttv.org, in order to find out everything that you want to know about us and how to support our ministry. We can't do what we do without your support. Subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour wherever you get your podcasts and take us wherever you go. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Write to me and say hello. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pettit.